This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 552 of The Sleeper in the Bust. I am Justin Mason, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how you doing? Ah, doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing fantastically. Uh, Is that a word? I, I hope so. I don't know. I've been up all night, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start making stuff up as I go along. <laughs> that works for me. Uh, we are going to uh, talk some two-start pitchers today. We're going to answer some... Uh, listener tweets uh, that I kind of asked for earlier. Uh, if you did not get your tweet answered, uh, it's probably because it was a bad question. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, or we just we just run out of time. So uh, we've got a number of those. Uh, but we got to jump into some news today because uh, late last night, um, you were probably well. Actually, I think you were I was still awake. up. You were still up. So uh, I'm watching my tanking team go on a six game winning streak. My tanking team is 500. Suck it, haters. Yeah, no. I mean, that's making our bet look uh, a little more scary for me. For sure, that's right. Um, it's uh, it, it's it's not looking good for me. You guys are 500. We are half a game under 500. Uh, so. Hey, yeah. if you were in the AL Central, you'd be in second place. We are in third place, which isn't too bad because Arizona has just been absolutely atrocious recently. Anybody can win that division right now, except for San Diego. Yeah, it, well, and maybe the Dodgers. The Dodgers are like on pace to lose 100 games. And 100 players. Yeah, I mean... It's, they lost two more last night. Yeah, we're going to talk about at least one of those. Who, who else did they lose last night? I didn't even catch that. Howie Kendrick tore below Achilles. Oh well, he's on the Nationals though. Nationals. I for, why am I have? Why do I still have him on the Dodgers in my head? My uh, bad. No, but that's a that's a good segue. So you know why though? You know why though? Because I saw Dodgers beat writers reporting it for some. Mm-hmm. What maybe that's why it was in my head. Oh, well, well, it was a pretty ugly injury. He ruptures his Achilles. He is done for the season, uh, and it brings up Juan Soto. He is coming up, which is uh, to me absolutely insane that they're going to bring him up this early. But uh, they're dealing with injuries. With Adam Eaton hurt. Um, uh, Victor Robles is hurt in the minor leagues. Uh, they want to try to compete in this division, or they want to try to you know win this division. They're in third right now, three games back of Atlanta. So they're looking for a spark. Uh, Juan Soto going to play every day in left field. How much fab are you putting on him? Let's say in a mixed league. Um, Sammy Reed and I were, were exchanging, uh, tweets last night and I did the one of Michael Sarah pushing and saying, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be super aggressive. You and I were talking off air last year when they did this with Victor Robles, they called him up to sit him. Uh, that was Dusty Baker. We all saw that coming. And now with, with Martinez at the helm, they're not calling Soto up to sit. This, I mean, I love seeing. I love seeing young kids get up and and, and get the chance to uh, to produce early like this. I mean, we we've, we've seen it every now and then. We saw Julio Urias come up as a 19 year old recently uh, to do some things, but you know, to see 
to see a kid. We're only next year. We're going to have a kid that's going to be called that'll be called up that'll have been born in the year two thousand. That's what we're that's what we're tracking towards right now, and it's, it's really making me feel old. Um, <laughs> but this guy is just, the ascension. I think the tweet I saw last night is that he has fewer than fifteen games at any level of the minor leagues this year, and here he comes. He, yeah, right. He, Pretty close. He had uh, 16 games at uh, low A, 15 games at high A, eight games at double A. There you go. Some someone made the tweet, and I and I retweeted it uh, that he's only going to play four games for the major league club before he gets promoted as some sort of you know super league. Super league. <laughs> That's what it was. I remember seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty crazy, but he has hit at every level. Uh, at double A, he was hitting three twenty three, four hundred. 581, and those were his worst numbers so far uh, this season. That was with two home runs and a stolen base in just 35 plate appearances. Uh, it's hard because all of these numbers are super small sample. He's never had 200 plate appearances at any level before getting promoted. And, you know, normally for me, historically, I like to see guys take to, to get developed and we've talked about it in the past it's something paul and i have been on for a few years is we don't know how a guy is going to struggle until we see him face the league a second time but you see guys make this jump before they even see a single pitcher in that league a second time and see how they adjust or just and once the league is like okay this is where you struggle all right great let's start attacking it when they when they get the moved up this quickly and they haven't experienced any kind of Failure or setback. I mean, I don't care if if you uh, if, if 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 the best hitters get out seven of ten times. I mean, this guy's had astronomical success at every level he's played at um, throughout. And so, I want to see what's going to happen here at the major league. Is he going to come up and swing at everything and watch? He'll swing at everything and still do fantastic. Um, but I, I'm again, they didn't call him up to sit. And if you're in a position where you need the offensive help now. You can't sit around and wait um, and and wait for the trade deadline. This is consider this the first trade crossover trade uh, of the uh, if you're in a single league and an NL only league. This is your first crossover trade. Okay, so if you're in that single league, and let's say you're not, you weren't saving money for the hammer anyways. How much of your fab are you using? Um, like I said, I'm not all in, but I'm like seventy five percent of it. And I, I answer. I got to save question. something. Yeah, you yeah. got to save something because if if you're in one of these where like we are in Talp, where once you get to it, once you get you use up your thousand, you're out. Uh, you know, you've got to save something. One of my other leagues, my home league, there are no zero dollar bids, so you got to save something for the rest of the season. But I'm comfortably putting seventy five percent down because I know I wouldn't be the only one doing it. Yeah, I'm in NL only. I'm putting seventy five uh, to eighty uh, percent down if I'm not worried about having the hammer at the trade deadline if i'm if i'm still trying to play that game you know someone else is going to drop a hammer so i mean you can you can go ahead and put 20 or 30 percent of your fab in nl only down on him but there's no way you're getting him because someone is going to drop their hammer on this uh hey i got a question though mm -hmm. where where do you think they hit him that's a good question. I'm going to guess uh, right now roster resource has him batting fifth. Ah, uh, behind Matt Adams and in front of Pedro Severino. Uh I mean at least with I that I'm not ex as excited about. I mean when we look at a guy, this is where I'm curious to see what they do with him because we're talking about a guy who has a career on base percentage of 434 in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. That's disgusting, right? Uh and to me, this skill set really belongs at the top of the lineup, and I don't want to impact Trey Turner. Uh, but at the same time, I don't like the I don't like it as much if it's if it's down in the lineup. I, I want to see this. I think his value is enhanced if he's at the top of the lineup in front of all that talent in that lineup rather than behind it. Yeah, because there's a there's a real drop off in talent after the third spot. I mean, and I like Matt Adams, but I mean, unless they're going to bat him. Honestly, I, you take, can't move, you I take, can't move those top three guys down, can you? You can't move Turner, Harper, or Rendon down. Uh, I say you you bat them fourth after Rendon. You need your best three. You need your best three, one, two, and four in a lineup. Uh, man, this is where this is where I take Harper, 
I mean, if it goes against what I'm saying, best three in the one, two, and four, because yeah, the the fan in me is like drop Adams, drop Harper, to, drop um, Rendon down to four, drop Harper to three, and then put uh, Soto uh, two or one. Treat him like Adam Eaton. Since that's essentially who he's replacing, since Eaton's going to be out for another six weeks, why well, won't be back till after the All Star break? I mean, this is this is the same conundrum we had when when Adam Eaton was uh, at the top of this lineup. I think I, I of... could see that happening if in a week he's hitting three hundred mm-hmm. and still walking ten percent of the time. You know, if he in a week or two, if he's if he's still doing what he was doing in the minor leagues, then. I think you see him get moved up, but I think he's going to start lower than that. I'm just curious to see how many four ball counts he actually gets to. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yes, yes, he had the walk rates in the minor leagues, but um, you don't see a lot of rookies with with uh, with four ball counts. I'm, I would like to go back. This is where I wish I was a better search and could say, okay, show me all of the rookies with at least a 10 percent walk rate in their uh, in their rookie season. I don't think. The play index doesn't do walk rate. It does walks per nine or OBP, but yeah, um, I, I've been, I'm not projecting a lot of walks for this guy earlier. But but well, I am he's projecting not a lot of on today. base. See what the hell? So why would you call him up to sit? Maybe uh, well, okay. Where was he was playing in Hagerstown last night? Right? Yeah, I think so. And they're playing. Where are they physically located today? They're in Wa- they're in Washington. Oh, gee, that's like a cab ride from Hagerstown. Yeah. Oh. I I don't understand. I mean, if he was flying cross country, if he was your, you know, or uh, or just getting in late from wherever he was coming, uh but it according to multiple people on Twitter, he is not in today's lineup. Boo. So, that's uh that's a little bit disconcerting cuz you'd love to one, you know, see him in the lineup because that that again brings up the old fears of what they did, what Dusty Baker did with Robles last year. But at the same time, you'd also oh, wait, like to see I'm where he's sitting. He was at Richmond. Okay, not even that's a two-hour ride. Yeah, three. The, three if there's year, traffic and well, that, it's Sunday morning. There's yeah. not going to be traffic on 95. Uh, yeah, this is no boo. And he went two for four with three uh, with three total bases last night. Drove in two. No boo. Yeah, no, that's that's unfortunate to see. So, um, in a let's say a fifteen team mixed league, what are you doing? Um, 35 percent. Okay, and in a twelve team mixed league, in which format? Twelve team. Um, half that. Okay, like twenty percent. Yeah, that that sounds about right to me. All right, let's uh, let's move on to less than good news. Uh, Rich Hill uh, loses another uh, <laughs> another start. I think he only threw two pitches in the game uh, yesterday before tearing apart his hand. Uh, it's similar to the injury last year, not quite as bad uh, though. Uh, Actually, they said it's split open. The the, the comments from um, Dave Roberts were not pretty. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound good at all. Uh, though I believe I saw someone say that Rich Hill says it's not quite as bad or not quite as big as last year, so it's just as bad but not as big. Um, this he's going to miss some time. Are you dropping Rich Hill? Yes, I wasn't drafting Rich Hill. I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm right there with you. So. Uh, I think if if you if you need your DL spot, and I know many of us in in a lot of leagues definitely need him with the rash of injuries we've seen this year. I think he's a pretty easy drop in anything outside of NL only. Yeah, uh, this is this is always the inherent risk. You knew what the skills, you knew what he could do, but you also knew what was going to happen. Not it wasn't a matter of if; it's a matter of when with him. And here it hits. At least it hit early enough in the season where you can make a. You can make adjustments at this point, but this this is always the inherent risk with with Rich Hill. Uh, I just want to circle back real quick to the Juan Soto discussion because someone asked. Oh, actually, no, never mind. in in our in our in our Twitter uh, uh, questions, I, I've got an Austin Meadows question, so I'll, I'll circle back around then. Uh, the Braves uh, announced today they are releasing Jose Batista. That experiment ends 
very, very quickly. Obviously, he becomes droppable uh, unless we see some team uh, go out and pick him up real quickly, though I don't know why necessarily they would. Do you think this is a precursor to Austin Riley coming up? Uh, maybe next month. I mean, right now it's going to be uh, Camargo is going to be the third baseman. When I, when I first saw the news that Bautista was being released, I started immediately looking for Riley, looking for Riley. Oh, no, it's going to be Camargo. Be fine. Let Camargo keep the spot. To me, Camargo's more of a utility guy than he is an everyday guy. Um, clearly, they want to see a little more from Riley since they've called up the other guys. I don't know what else. I guess they want to see Riley hit 600 in AAA before he comes up. Um, because as I as I tweeted a few weeks ago, he laid he laid destruction to the Mississippi where he played uh, that hadn't been seen since Grant took over Vicksburg. And then you know in AAA, it's been pretty much the same story. Now he is he is slated to come here and play in the end of June in Charlotte. It's the first time Gwinnett's coming to Charlotte, but he's not going to be here by then. He's going to be gone. Um, and in the major leagues, and since I own him in five leagues, as I drafted him as a reserve in five leagues, after um, him interrupting every conversation we tried to have in Arizona, uh, I am very excited to see him come up. Okay, what size league are you stashing him in? Obviously NL only. But you Two-team. Stash- Two-team league. <laughs> I'm, I, well, honestly, I'm stashing him. I have him everywhere. I mean, I, I need, I, I want to use him. I have him in uh, 11 team NL. I have him in a 12 team mix. I have him in a 15 team. I have him everywhere that I can. I don't disagree with you at this point. I think uh, if you are in, if you can afford to stash him in any format, I think I would. Um, you know, obviously. You know, there are going to be leagues in which that isn't possible because of your bench spots uh, or your current roster construction. But I think if you can stash him in just about any format, uh, he's probably worth it. For instance, I am... Uh, oh, it looks like I missed the waiver The waiver moves. I forgot that my that NL only had a, uh, a waiver waiver moves in the morning. Well, that's, that. I learned my lesson there, so... Um, how well, that's it? like me and Tout. I always forget that we have a 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Eastern. I did that before we started recording. So this is a problem when you play in 17 leagues. You just you just <laughs> tend to forget which ones are which. So hey, app developers, I mean, if we can get something that gives me a dashboard where I can have where I can plug into every league I have, I need something that can talk API so I can talk to my Fantrax league, to my NFBC league to my CBS Sports League, to my on-roto league, and I want to have a singular dashboard. So if I plug in a player, it says, you have him in this, because this is honestly the biggest challenge of playing in so many leagues. And I'm I'm drawing a blank because I've mentioned this thought to somebody, and somebody said, yeah, it's something I'm working on. And if you're listening, please remind me who you are uh, in the comments. But I would love to have this kind of interaction. I think it's it would be the next thing for fantasy um, to be able to have that type of of roster management tool. Mm-hmm. So if you had insight, do you want to take this guy out of your lineup in this league, this league, this league, this league, or just have a singular place to control all your rosters that doesn't require manual manipulation of a spreadsheet? I uh, I love that idea. I know Tanner Bell had put together a spreadsheet. Maybe uh, that's who it was. Yeah, uh, that was great, and I used it for a couple years, and then I lost it, and I forgot to ask him. <laughs> for, I think it may, it may have been it may have been Tanner. I think we were talking about something one time uh, or exchanging direct messages. But I mean, that's my if I had programming chops, this is what I would try. But I don't know if all those if all those shops have APIs to to uh, try to pull against. Yeah, I uh, don't even know what an API is. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that allows you to it allows. Allows two different things to. It gives them a common, a common place to talk to one another. So we do it. And my other, if I need, if I need data out of one system, I can. Uh, companies will put up their APIs, and you can program against it. So it's basically saying, here, if you want stuff out of our system, this is what you need to write against. And that way, you can pull stuff out. My guess is most of these folks don't. CBS probably has it. Um, I don't think the other shops do. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I kind of understood that. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk some two-start pitchers. Um, you know, something we haven't really talked a whole lot about this uh, season. And it's been a little difficult this year to really, you know, stream a lot of two-start pitchers with the amount of days off and then the amount of postponements uh, we've had via weather. But I figured uh, today wouldn't be a bad day to kind of talk about different levels of starting pitchers. So I've got 
four groupings, all about the same ownership uh, percentages uh, in each grouping. Uh, so let's start with the first one. Uh, Jacob Feria, uh, Kevin Gosman, uh, Tyon all have uh, two start weeks this week. Who would you go after? This is obviously for a shallower format. Um, I uh, not Faria, not with Boston and Baltimore. Say what you want about Baltimore's pitching, but their their offense can still make you pay. Uh, I'm going to have to go Gossman here, only because he has pitched very. I mean, he's the one Baltimore pitcher that I don't mind leaving in, and he's got the matchups at Tampa Bay, at Chicago. I think those are the easiest ones. Um, and Tyon's not too far from his heels there either, because Cincinnati and St. Louis. Uh, that's not Murderer's Row either. So Farias is a distant three for me with with Gossman at, at one and uh, and uh, Tyon at two. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, love the matchups for – even though Tampa Bay has actually been playing, like you said, pretty good ball, mm-hmm. uh, at least he's not pitching in Baltimore. So I, right. that, that for me uh, – Well, the last time they saw him, it was in Baltimore, and he pitched really well against mm-hmm. them. It's just – you know, that's one of these – He's uh, a matchup issue for them, and it's not like because he's not—he doesn't have the. They used to load him up against load him up against righties, and if you if you have if you put that load him up against righty lineup, that's when you end up with Rob Schneider and Johnny Field. Um, I mean, you've got a couple. They, I know it's worked. <laughs> I know it worked last night as they faced Andrew Heaney, but I mean, these aren't guys that you should be putting out there. Uh, too too often, but that's the kind of lineup you get if you try to play a righty like a lefty um, with that. So, again, I think that's really – there's not that much between uh, Gossman and Tyon this week for me, but if you made me pick one, I'd go with Gossman. All right. Uh, next uh, set, uh, Trevor Cahill, Mike Leak, and Zach Wheeler. Obviously, this is we're starting to get into the deeper formats. Uh, are you – and you can say – you can just pass on all of them if, if none of them stand out to you. I wouldn't mind Cahill this week. I mean, with with Arizona, with Arizona struggling the way it is uh, right now, and you know Seattle obviously missing a key piece of their lineup in the middle of that. That's not a bad match. If I got a, if I need one, that's the guy I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm not super uh, psyched on Cahill. Uh, I know he, he's finally back healthy, but only five innings in the last uh, in the last start. It was against Boston, so uh, maybe that's a little bit of it. Leak actually hasn't been too bad this year, um, and getting the the start at, uh, at Oakland uh, seems pretty nice. Home versus Minnesota, who's been up and down. Um, I know the last start was bad uh, versus Texas, but I think if I'm looking for a guy I feel like can get me a quality start. I feel more comfortable that Mike Leak can go six than uh, than Cahill. And yeah, and Wheeler's been garbage, so I'm I'm just gonna yeah. No, I mean that's one thing about Leak; he's a consistent. He'll get you those innings. Uh, Kashner, Matt Harvey, or Bartolo Colon, and before people start yelling at me, obviously this is for deeper formats. Uh, but Cologne has been great this year. He's been great, but you're playing with fire if you put him in there against the Yankees. Uh, you know the KC matchup doesn't scare me at all, uh, but that Yankee matchup that's tough. <laughs> that's really tough. I mean that possibly if I'm in a 12 team AL, and I, man, I don't know. No, I, I can't. I can't recommend it. I know he's been good. I can. It just feels like that's too much for a risk, even with that KC start. I mean, on the on the whole, you may walk out of that. You may walk out of the week with a win and a four seventy five ERA, but that's on the whole. If you're willing to absorb that, go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could. Would you? Would you do Andrew Kashner? He's got the same starts as Gosman at Chicago uh, White Sox at Tampa Bay. I'm a notorious Andrew Kashner hater. I, I really am. Um, and hi, Craig. I know you're listening. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I never. I'm not a. I want to see where Kashner. I got to look to see where he's doing lately because I, I still never believe in the stuff. Um, he's been no, decent as passing. of. He's been decent as of late. I mean, decent for him. I mean, I'm not going to say he's been like good or anything. 
Uh, but let's see, last three starts. He's allowed a home run in oh, each no. of his last six starts. I'm, no, I'm still yeah. passing. Yeah, I'm passing too. So uh, <laughs> we're just going to pass on that group entirely. James Shields has actually been decent. He gets uh, Baltimore at home and Detroit on the road. Uh, your man, uh, Jermaine uh, Marquez, gets uh, the Dodgers in L.A., uh, and he's been fantastic on the road, but then Cincinnati at home. Uh, and then we have Eliza Hernandez, uh, who is a total of 2% owned at the Mets or home and home versus uh, Washington. This I want to give Marquez one more chance. I know I talked about him a lot in the offseason. I, I have him on about the same number of teams that I have Austin Riley, and it's been frustrating because he's better than this. I've, you've seen it in a couple of times, and then you've seen him just completely dump the bed uh, at home. I'm going to give it – honestly, he's on his last legs on my teams. I'm about to get rid of him if he doesn't get through this week looking better than he has. Like I mentioned, he's been fantastic at home. He's got a 225 – The other way around. Or, sorry, fantastic on the road. Uh, 225 ERA, um, striking guys out just left and right, uh, and just absolutely atrocious at home. Over a ten ERA at home this season, uh, and it's... I think some of that's with the cold too, because he couldn't. You know, I, I, some of that damage was in April, and he was really bad there. Um, uh, so I think some of that was with the cold. So that's why I'm a little more like, okay, let's see what happens in the summer as weather is finally warming up there. Um, but yeah, this is I expect better of him. This is I'm disappointed in my boy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan. I think I've got a bid on him in Taurus uh, for this week. I you know it's going to be hard to use him for that second start. Um, though Tout has the rule where you got to use him for the whole week. So yeah, I'm going to be been, stuck with him. It has way. been bad at home. I mean, we had that one start against Atlanta. The first start in Atlanta at home. Um, you know, seven and run, seven and runs and four and two thirds. And then he had that shortened one against the Padres where he was good three innings. Then he had the Cubs and got blasted. Then he had Milwaukee last week and got blasted. Yeah, I, he's just one of those guys you want to use on the road, but uh, you, you can't use at home at least right now. Uh, so, But against I, Cincinnati, I'm only going to take the chance. And there is, you know, there, there, this is for deeper formats. You're, you know, 15-team mixed. There's not a lot of options out there, especially with the amount of injuries. Oh, hey, I got did it, did it breaking news. Oh, Uh the Astros are calling up J.D. Davis. Oh. I was hoping that they would call uh, call up uh, Tucker. So this will be J.D. Davis and Tony Kemp in the last couple of days. I mean, they are definitely uh, uh, looking for – it's kind of weird to imagine them looking for offense. Mm-hmm. Well, but they, the bottom they just half lost of the lineup Reddick, not, right? So, yeah. I, I mean I, – and J.D. Davis, you know, f- for what it's worth, crushing it in AAA right now. Uh, 415, <laughs> 473, 654, four home runs in uh, in 33 games. God, I love the PCL. Yeah, but, so like, good. that's exactly right. It's the PCL. Um, and, I mean, are they really going to – I mean, he's a first third baseman, so, like, how much is he really going to play – uh, in Houston, uh, Tony Kemp is, you know, a little squatty. I think he's been playing outfield now, so uh, I guess he would figure to get some playing time with Reddick on the DL. But at what point do you not, like, this is a team that wants to repeat. Why aren't they calling up their top prospect in Kyle Tucker? I don't know. Just doesn't, Honestly. Make, doesn't make a lot of know. sense to me. <laughs> um so, I mean, I guess this this kind of cements more playing time for Derek Fisher, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who can play all over the place. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, Mar- yeah Marwin, you know, um, hasn't been so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was this was something I believe we talked about in the offseason about the risk associated with it. Uh, I know he was a guy that I was really down on in, in my uh, bold predictions uh, column at Roto-Wire. That's, he was the guy on the Astros I said run away from. Um, it's a, I mean, I think he's better in the utility role, but it's just weird. Yes. The offense 
I'm still trying to figure them out. They get their numbers. I think Clevenger said it the other day. Like the Astros' offense isn't that special, and you look at the numbers, and they're they're putting up. They're still putting up numbers. It's just a different way of doing it this year. I mean, you still have Jose Altuve hitting the ball, but not running. Um, of late, Evan Gaddis has finally started to wake up and do some damage at the plate. So it, it's weird, but it's nice. I mean, the Astros have all this depth. They should be calling these kids up. Yeah, Mar- Marwin hit a home run yesterday, but still, last two weeks he's hitting two thirty eight. Uh, and that's been kind of the upside of his season so far. So it's 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 not looking good. Um, I just for me, I don't understand why don't you? You're you're at a point where you're obviously you're you're competing. You won a World Series last year. You want to repeat. Why are you continuing to let? Uh, and I mean, I haven't seen what Kyle Tucker's even been doing in AAA. Uh, I'll check it as I uh, as I talk. But uh, this is a guy who's supposed to be the future uh, and. He is just toiling away. Currently in AAA, he is hitting 280, 348, 414, uh, three home runs, five stolen bases. He's got a 10 It's like, two, it's like 225, 290, 360 in a normal league. Just, yeah. get, just making up numbers. But um, <laughs> you were the guy who's hot right now, and that's, that's what they're doing with J.D. Davis. And, and yay for Vlad Sedler, who has J.D. Davis and Towers. So I don't need to go throw that late bid in hoping to get him cheap. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on and talk about some uh, or talk over some Twitter emails or uh, Twitter questions. Uh, first one is Greg Holland uh, done? Is it and is it time to drop him? Done. Done. I, I mean, it's just look at the usage pattern. What are you hanging on for? He and, and honestly, he was done last year. I, I know he had all those saves, but you go back and look at that performance down the stretch, and it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible, and if you're if they're talking about rumors of, of that they really did get offer him the contract that they ended up giving Wade Davis, if that's a factual story, um, they should thank their maker every day that Greg Holland didn't take that contract. But this is not – I'm not seeing anything worth keeping him for. Yeah, velocity is down. Not a ton, but uh, enough where it's concerning. The pitches – like there's no there's no plus pitch anymore. At least last mm-hmm. year, there was you know you had a you had a plus slider, uh, an average fastball. Um, it, it, but there's nothing this year. It just the fast or the the slider's not breaking the same way. Um, the strikeouts have uh, evaporated. He's you know he's keeping the ball in the yard, but that's all he's doing. He is walking everybody. He, his walk per nine is ten right now. That's hot. Um, <laughs> <it> just... <sighs> I mean, I'd rather have Derek Holland right now. <laughs> Don't say that. That's mean. <laughs> it, uh, it's it's the truth. Derek Holland and all his crazy impersonations. But it is, like I said, if you if you watched Greg Holland down the stretch last year, you saw this. He was done then. And I I know the saves totals. You're like, how do you, how can you pass on a guy that's had 40-plus saves in three of the past four seasons and 30 saves in all of this? But it, it, it's just... It's it's not there, and I haven't seen anything to hang on. I want to look at the give scope of just how bad the numbers are. If we go back to oh this computer, I love you so much. All right uh, there we go. I want to go back to the All Star break. So All Star break until ted, uh, until yesterday, just so people understand how bad Greg Holland has been in this stretch. Um, it has been. Let's see, 26 games pitched in, 400, no, I'm sorry, I take it back, 42 games pitched in, uh, and in 36 innings, 36 hits, 27 earned runs, 6 home runs, a 6.69 ERA, and a 165 whip. Yeah. That's since the last year's All-Star break. If you remove the name and look at those numbers, none of you are holding on to that. I like how he proclaimed after the game yesterday that he would not accept a uh, demotion to the minor leagues, even though nobody had brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> the team has not requested he go to the minor leagues. He, he just, may not have he, to accept the demotion. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, never mind. The Cardinals did give him $15 million. <laughs> They're going to eat it anyways, one way or another. I mean, Hi, it's called sunken cost. Yeah. Uh, write it off on your taxes uh, as, as damaged goods or something, but... Um, or get him frustrated enough so he throws his glove into the bench and hurts his shoulder, and then you can write off the contract to insurance. <laughs> Hi, Carson Smith. How you doing? Um, but, yeah, th- this no, I- I'm done. 
Uh, not that I had Greg Holland, but if you do, I, my, my apologies, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, no, I, I don't have any shares either. So uh, let's talk about another uh, another relief pitcher. This one on the upswing, Sir Anthony Dominguez uh, has only allowed one base runner so far this season in six and two thirds, and it was on a hit by pitch. <laughs> Go, throw the dart. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the rest of that bolt, when you look at the other opportunities, Hector Neris is, isn't nails down. I I throw the dart in Dominguez. He got a save and last night. He got one. Yeah, he got one last night. He could have twenty the rest of the way. If you're hurting in saves, throw the dart. I I think this is uh the skills are there. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to do what he's doing right now the entire uh, rest of the way, but. Uh, he's got uh, almost 15% swinging strike rate. He's getting on top of batters uh, over 70% of the time, uh, first pitch strike rate, uh, getting swings and misses outside of the zone. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's not like an extremely impressive uh, profile in terms of stuff, but, you know, a nice fastball, a, a good slider, uh, a, a changeup that he can actually use, and He's showing command, which has been kind of the wart uh, that people have talked about uh, from his minor league numbers. Right now, he, he's not walking anybody. So, you know, that obviously may change. But that Philly bullpen is not, like, pristine. It, you know, it wouldn't. Right. it's not going to take him much to run away with this job. So uh, I would definitely buy, be a buy-in on him. What about Winkler over uh, – um, in Atlanta, any interest in him? There's another guy that's that's continuously brought up on my timeline. Oh, uh, you know why I love Dan Winkler. Did he go to uh, uh, your alma mater? Yes, he did. I love Dan Winkler. Uh, no, seriously, he is. Uh, he's been effective out of that bullpen. And there was an animation. Uh, I don't know, two weeks ago. There was. I was watching a pitch, and I, I asked Rob Friedman. I'm like, dude, please. I need you on this one. And he put it together. I swear his fastball shook like it didn't know what direction it wanted to go. He threw this 93-mile-an-hour pitch to Matt Duffy in the upper right quadrant of the strike zone. It was I mean, just perfect paint. But if you look at the slow-mo of that pitch, it looks it, it can't make up its mind which way it wants to go. And I don't know if it was just that's we're seeing spin rate. But honestly, it looked – I've never seen that kind of movement on a fastball where it was like – uh, left, not right. Uh, left. I don't know if it was a one seamer, but I I like what I see when I watch Dan Winkler pitch. Now I don't know if it's a, if it's enough to take that role uh, full time and over long term. But again, the what's in front of him hasn't exactly been lights out. And I think when I've tuned into the Braves games and I've seen a number of them, Winkler's I've been impressed with what I've seen. So if you could only afford to bid on one of them this week, who you bidding on? Uh, Phillies. Sam, Sam, what's his name? Uh, Dominguez. Sir Anthony. Sir Anthony. I'm, I'm stuck I, I'm on the first name. It's pronounced, stuck on the first name. Yeah, I'm assuming it's pronounced Sir Anthony. Oh, it has to be. He's got. Yeah, you got to be knighted at birth, right? I, um, I, I love yeah. it. Yeah, no, and I, I'm with you too. I think he he has the least amount of competition really for the role. Um, because we're, we're talking about well, one, he's getting saves, which is you know is, is a big deal. Though I think did Winkler get a save? No, not quite yet. But they, yet. they did say he may be used in some safe situations going forward. Um, I like A.J. Minter a lot in, in that Atlanta bullpen. Um, yeah. I know he hasn't been great uh, yet this year, and he's a lefty, but they've got multiple yes. lefties in that bu- in that bullpen. So right. I'm not quite worried that he's going to get pigeon-held into the, uh, into the typical lefty role. And Vizcaino... He has his moments where he looks great and then moments where he just looks absolutely atrocious. I just think there's a little bit more competition for Winkler than there is for Sir Anthony uh, Dominguez. So I think Dominguez is the guy. Though I, If I was going based purely on skill, I think Winkler's the better pitcher. Yeah, I love the fact, you know, Winkler, if you don't know his story, I mean, he's the guy that fractured his elbow. Uh, he threw that pitch and his elbow just went, blew up on him, uh, which is why his, you know, look at his, his pitching record. You're like, why is this guy, why did he only throw a total of three innings <laughs> over 15 and 16? But you look at his major league record, uh, you know, we, we only have, we have fewer than 40 innings, but in that, in that 40 innings, he has that 37 and two thirds, he has 52 strikeouts. He has 13 walks. He's allowed three home runs in that time. So the numbers in a small sample size, 
like, okay, yeah, I'm excited. And do some homework. Watch him pitch. See why, see why Brian Snicker has said that he's in line for save chances. Not saying he, he hasn't gone out and said, yeah, I'm going to use him. He just said, I, I may use him in some save situations moving forward. Uh, you know, take a look. Righties and lefties, really, he hides the ball pretty well. Uh, righties really don't get a good look at him at all. Uh, but uh, do some homework and watch him watch his next relief appearance and see why uh, see why he's in this position. Yeah, and I mean Winkler, I think has the more complete repertoire, um, but it, he doesn't have like elite velocity. Uh, you know, he's throwing ninety three, whereas Dominguez is throwing ninety seven, uh, ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, I just yeah. It's hard. I, I, you know, in in most formats, I'm going to try to take a shot on both of them. But if I can only choose one, I think I got to go Dominguez. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about a couple guys uh, with, with Juan Soto coming up. There may be some other you know rookies on your waiver wire that go, get overlooked. I talked about Austin Meadows with Paul last week, and Dustin Fowler came up uh, or earlier this week, and then uh, Dustin Fowler came up last week. Who do you like, uh, Austin Meadows versus Dustin Fowler, long and short term? Uh, I like Austin Meadows. The funny thing is I have them both. Well, I had them both. Uh, I had Austin Meadows in my daily NL league, and I had Dustin Fowler in my 11-team weekly AL league. I traded Fowler this week in a deal where I got David Price and Justin Anderson uh, and, some, and Matt Joyce for Dustin Fowler, Lucas Duda, and somebody else. Um, oh, and, Mac, and Malik Smith. So that was that trade. But I still have Austin Meadows in the daily, and I put him in my lineup right away. As soon as I got the call, as soon as I saw the note that he came up Friday, I threw him right in my lineup. Um, I really like this kid's uh, long-term future. I mean, Fowler I like, but uh, Meadows is is a special type of hitter uh, and you've seen the reports throughout the throughout his ascension and uh that's really who i'm hanging my hat on moving forward here yeah i think uh short term in terms of the next few weeks i am going meadows because i think he is the superior talent if you're talking short term like rest of the season i would lean fowler just because there is the chance that meadows gets sent back down once uh Marte is back uh but Paul and I mentioned that we need to start thinking more about the fact that, you know, town is going to play. And Pittsburgh is a team that is attempting to compete in the division. Uh, last I checked, they were leading the division. Um, and if if Meadows hits out out the gate, he's gonna, they're going to figure out a way to keep him in the lineup. Right. You know, especially since he's healthy. Uh, but Fowler, I think, is guaranteed to stay on that on that uh, on that A's team. They're not playing for much of anything, um, and so I mean, if you're looking for complete safety rest of the season, you know, maybe it's like AL only, or well, I guess it, it, Meadows is in the NL, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, mm-hmm. But real deep mixed, maybe Fowler's the the safer bet. But Meadows has got the upside, and if he hits, uh, they'll figure something out. Whether it's moving a piece. Uh, you know, maybe they can move. I don't know Dickerson to first. Well, Josh then what do you Bell's, do with Josh Bell? Josh Bell's been better. Yeah, uh, Colin yeah. Moran's Colin Moran's playing well. So how do you move him off third? How do you move Bell back? Yeah, I mean Dickerson's been surprised. Although I would caution, I'm, I'm trying to look up where Dickerson is now. I know he's had a a really hot start, but this is exactly what he did last year, and then he started falling off right before the All Star break, and then kept falling off until late September uh, type of thing. But I just wanted to see where where things are with him because a lot of people were like, when I make my joke about, hey, the Rays are tanking, and yet they're five hundred three twenty three in May so far. Yeah, his. I'm just looking at his. Uh, he's been up, down, up. Yeah, he's had a little bit of a roller coaster on his weighted on base average here in 2018. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how it does get a little crowded. This could easily be fixed. The National League would adopt the DH, but oh well. <laughs> but then, how would you get Madison Bumgarner home runs? <sighs> Yes. Let him DH. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> the Giants would, too. They would, uh, have, they would have to. Probably is. He'd still be their best option. I mean, if they're going to exactly. play Pablo Sandoval at second base, certainly you could have a pitcher be his own DH. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I don't know what my team is doing. I really don't. It's just, it, it, it makes me sad. <laughs> Let's let's talk about two struggling guys. Rest of the season, uh, Ian Desmond or Domingo Santana, who's actually starting to turn things around. Oh man, uh, 
I, I, I want to believe in Ian Desmond. I can't any longer. I, I know every now and then, every time I'm ready to write him off, he gets a home run. You're like, oh, I see. See, he's, he, he's, he's coming back. He's going to do it. But, man, you look at that large body at work, and it's still terrible uh, for him. Uh, but that said, at least he's playing. And with, with Santana, it's it, or at least he's playing and where he's hitting, he still has a, a favorable situation. I mean, with Santana, I was talking about this yesterday when I was on the Fantasy Pros podcast. It's like he's playing, but you look at you look at his counting stats, it's like, how does he have all of these games played and all of these plate appearances, and yet his counting stats look like he's a part-time player? I mean, what, a 13 runs driven in, 11 runs scored? I mean, he's got he's got – numbers almost like all of his games played are coming as the defensive replacement or something, but he has all of this playing time and very little to show for it. Yeah. I'm still banking on Santana. At least he's showing signs of life. He's he, a, I mean, skills wise, I like him better. That's the thing, yeah. but it's just when I look at least you know, with Ian Desmond, yeah, the batting average is God awful, but he's got 19 runs scored and 21 driven in and four stolen bases. It's like he's helping in the counting categories. I, what is going on in Colorado that Ian Desmond has six home runs away you know, on the road and one home run at home, and Charlie Blackman has the majority of his home? Like, What is happening in Colorado? Like, Maybe the humidor is extra kicked up. I don't know, but the uh, DJ LeMahieu is the same thing. I think he was killing it on the road, not hitting at home. Uh, honestly, some of that's got to be some of the cold weather and, that they've had. But, yeah, that entire team – is just not performing well. Uh, well, the, the main the main cogs on that team. I wanted to look up and see where uh, uh, no, Story's doing just. I mean, Story's doing just fine out, uh, at yeah. home. But there the uh, he loves well home. the splits. Yeah, he loves home. But uh, there was something we were talking about this looking at the other day. It's just kind of weird to see uh, how a number of those guys on that team are not hitting at home. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, well, and they're they're all struggle. A lot of them are struggling against right-handed hitters. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you've got Arenado's got five home runs on the road. Desmond's got six. Blackman's got 11. You would think that they would be getting the home cooking, not the not the road. Um, I don't understand what's going on there with that. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe did they turn up the humidor and we don't know about it? or is I, the, I don't know. Cannabis uh, legalization laws catching up with everybody? <laughs> or. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, that's when we look at, we were joking earlier about how that division's wide open, how Arizona's breaking apart, uh, Dodgers are breaking down. I mean, this to me, the, the Rockies have the opportunity to, you know, go all in. I think it was, I don't know if you and Paul talked about it the other day, but Mike Petriello was tweeting, somebody had mentioned something to him about, hey, why not do a Trevor Story for Manny Machado trade? Manny Machado's in his last year, won't stay around. They got Brendan Rodgers ready to come up behind him. Uh for Baltimore, you think that would be a tremendous uh, return on a guy that they're going to lose anyhow um, to this point. And then you have an, uh, an Arenado and Machado left side of the infield and, um, you know, poor ground balls at the left side would never get through again. And it would be a lot of fun to uh, to see what Machado could do in Colorado uh, as well. Do you think but they would give up that kind of piece for, for half a season of – where are you gonna? But where are you gonna move? Why not do it now? I mean, get ahead of the game. But where next year? If you want Brendan Rodgers to come up and you believe in him as much as you say you do, you know where? What are you gonna do? Well, they've been playing him at second. They can bring him up right now. Lemayhew's on the DL, and you know could miss some serious time. If he does, then do that. But I just it 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 passed the sniff test for me. You know, I mean, they. I don't know. For me, like it it. Everything points to them not believing in Rodgers because they're playing Ryan McMahon at second base uh, in the minor leagues, and they're promoting a different guy up over both of them, or they've reportedly uh, promoting a different guy up over both of them, uh, which makes uh, who do, uh, Garrett Ham- uh, Hampson, who I've never even heard of. Uh, yeah. So, like to me, it sounds like they don't believe in either of these guys. They they had McMahon on on the roster for a month and never played him. Yeah, I don't, that one disappoints me. So, I mean, I think if I think if you're going to move Story, uh, you know, who's under team control for a while, um, I mean, I guess Machado is fair, but like, what's what's the real benefit? Uh, 
when you can, you know, if you're going to move him, move him and get pitching because that's what you're really going to need. Uh, I don't know if I if I need pitching as much. Again, their bullpen's deep. Yeah, they the just need they just need guys deep. to get two through the order and yank them. I don't. I haven't looked to see how many batters they're allowing these guys to face. But honestly, this should be an, with the way their bullpen is loaded, uh, eighteen to twenty batters, and you're out. Yeah. When you've got when you've got Adovino and McGee and Davis at the back end of the pen and some of the other pieces they have, run it. You spend all this money in the bullpen, you should be leveraging it as much as you can. Let's see. Uh, yeah. God, Adovino looks so good. <laughs> Just so. Did you see the tweet from the pitching ninja yesterday on Adam Adovino? No. Oh, he overlaid the uh, I think his slider and his uh, fastball. So you could see how they how they look different coming out, but where and then where the pitches end up. Oh, it, yeah! Just go go back and find it. Is uh, it's pretty uh, amazing. I saw one that was a fastball, uh, a, a two seamer that just ran in, and somebody was a Buster Posey. Somebody swung at the pitch, and it ended up like right off the hands, hmm. right off the handle of the bat. But it looked like it was going to be a, a right off the barrel. And by the, as he started his swing, and as he kept swinging, the ball just kept riding in, and it nearly hit him on the hands. Oh, he's he's just been filthy this year, just uh, unbelievable. All right, uh, last one. Uh, are we back on board for Ian Happ? He's gotten hot uh, the last few games. Um, the Cubs have stuck with him through his struggles. Uh, are we buying back in on Ian Happ? Yes. Believe in the talent that if you were able to buy low, I think we talked a few weeks ago about not giving up on him and, and, and taking, letting talent win out. And, yes, I will stay on board with Ian Happ. I'm on board, too. I was a little bit more critical, um, but it was only because I felt like he could easily get sent down. Uh, but other injuries to that to that team, I think, helped him kind of stay in the lineup uh, and stay up, and have allowed him to kind of hit through it. And all you know, all things being said, in spite of his struggles, he's hitting two sixty right now, with seven home runs, two two stolen bases. That's that's not bad. Yeah, we've had we have some nice progress uh, coming up from where things were, and he's still getting. I mean, the, the on base percentage is still three fifty. I mean, you look, if you just hide the. Hide everything else what you've had to go through. I mean, the strikeout rate has been abysmal. But that said, 259, 352, 518 on the season. Well, and I mean, that also, you know, the strikeout rate has improved quite a bit. So far in May, he's striking out 37% of the time, which sounds awful. But it's a huge improvement from the 44.6% uh, in, the, in the first month of the season. That's right. Yeah, uh, and he's going to get one a game, uh, which is pretty much where he's been on lately. But he's he's avoiding, you know, he, at least here over the last week, he's avoiding the multiple strikeout game, and that's really what used to get him in trouble. And he's getting the playing time. He has he's had uh, the fourteenth to fifteenth. He only had a total of one at bat, uh, one plate appearance in those games. But he's been he's started look like seven of the last nine games, so he's getting back into that playing time mode. And it's not unlike Madden to ride the hot hand. And right now, his hand's hot. Yeah, he, he's got a 50, over fifty percent hard contact percentage uh, over this uh, over this month. Um, he is, uh, like I said, he's not striking out quite as much, uh, hitting the ball back in the air again, but not not getting under it to the point where he's flying out every time. Uh, I th- there are a lot of reasons to be uh, happy with what he's doing. You know he could cool right back down, but I think you got to ride the hot streak and uh, and if you bought in, hopefully, hopefully you didn't drop him. I know he got dropped in in tout head to head a couple weeks ago, and someone just outbid me by like two bucks. I can't remember who it was uh, last week, and I'm I'm a little bummed that I missed out on Ian Hat. Mm. All right, uh, well that uh, will wrap us up for the baseball stuff. But one off topic thing: how stoked are you that Brooklyn Nine Nine got picked up after being canceled? I am so happy. I was pissed, pissed when when Fox uh, decided to cancel them. But uh, the um, the funny thing is, I saw somebody tweet tweet at it, and then Stephanie Beatrice retweeted it because if you remember, there was a particular episode where the precinct was going to be shut down, mm-hmm. and then and and then uh, they came out and said, "No, it looks like the community backed us." And it's like, here's the same thing here. Everybody lost their mind on Twitter. It's like, what? How are you canceling this show? 
it's it's one of my favorite shows uh, on television, and I'm glad that they're going to let the storyline continue another season because it is it is very entertaining. Maybe it's because it's got some of the same writers uh, that did Parks and Rec, uh, and that's why I like it so much. And by the way, uh, it's been seven years since Little Sebastian went away. Oh, R.I.P. Little Sebastian. That's... Five thousand candles in the wind. Yesterday was seven years. Yesterday was seven years since Little Sebastian went away. So. Yeah, I've only cried twice in my life. Once when I was hit by a school bus at seven years old, and when I learned that little Sebastian passed away. Yeah, uh-huh. that magnificent beast. <laughs> I'm uh, yes, I'm very sad uh, that uh, that it is the anniversary of little Sebastian. But uh, super stoked about Brooklyn Nine Nine. Upset about the other shows that my my other two favorite shows that were canceled. Uh, Which was those? Uh, Quantico was canceled. Oh yeah, my wife likes that show. Uh, which is kind of like it's an over-the-top spy th- drama, one sure. of those, but like just a guilty pleasure. Uh, and then Kevin Saves the World um, was absolutely fantastic, uh, and it just it just I, I don't think it ever uh, ever got enough momentum from from people watching it. The critics loved it, but uh, and I, I loved it personally, uh, but unfortunately, uh, it's it's going away too. See, I'm like Paul. During baseball season, I honestly don't watch too much else. I, I DVR these things, and uh, so I usually watch Brooklyn Nine Nine the, the like two days after it's been on. Same thing with Brockmire. Um, See, I gotta get in Brockmire. My my dad keeps telling me about Brockmire. Um, and he's like, "You like baseball? You're you're a recovering alcoholic. You need to be watching Brockmire." Yes, but he's not a recovery. He is a full out alcoholic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's um, even the most recent episode had very, very little to do with baseball, but it was still very entertaining. But yeah, it, it's I, I enjoy the character. Uh, well-written characters are part, one of my favorite parts about uh, television shows, and and the Brock Meyer character is is fantastic. All right, uh, got anything else going on this week? Uh, this week in Baltimore, uh, unfortunately the Orioles are not, uh, which shocks this last week I was in Southern California and got to go to, uh, angels and Rays with Jock Thompson and Rob Carroll, uh, from baseball HQ. And that was fun, um, to see the Rays almost shut out the angels, except, uh, Otani had a uh, home run in the ninth and the place truly did go nuts when he hit his home run. Uh, but by the way, angel stadium is a dump. I mean, everybody's used to seeing things on center field and yeah, the pretty stuff, but you go under the stands and look up and like half the pipes are rusty. Honestly, give me Tropicana field all day long. And not to mention 1450 for a can of beer at Anaheim. Give me a break. Yeah. 1450. Gotta get drunk before you go in. That's, that's I did. I went away with the Noble. We all went over to Noble beforehand, uh, and their beer is great. I had man juice, and I forget what other the, their other beer. Uh, I paid eleven dollars for two tall beers, and I paid fourteen fifty for one can uh, inside the stadium. And I only had the one because that was definitely a deterrent. Uh, but I did end up the night sitting like two rows behind the first base dugout because I snuck down as all the Angel fans left. Because their team lost yet again, and so that was fun. Um, but yeah, this week I'm in Baltimore, but there is uh, no the Orioles are on the road, so empty stadium, which stinks. But I am going to uh, Wrigley Field next week. I am not going to be able to record next weekend. It's a holiday weekend. We typically take that weekend off anyhow. But I will be in Chicago with the family next week, and will be uh, at the Cubs Giants game on Sunday night. Uh, unless y'all want to record Monday night, um, because I can do Monday night because the family will be gone and I'll be sticking around in Chicago for work, but uh, no Sunday because uh, yeah, we'll probably, taking the kids to Wrigley for the first time. We'll probably take that one off. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I can go Monday, and Paul's got his uh, fireside chats with Nick Sunday night, so everybody's getting at least one podcast that night anyway. So there we go. All right. Well, uh, I don't have anything going on. I actually got my first football mock draft, a fantasy football oh, mock draft coming God. up. Uh, so that is uh, already in full swing. So, so I guess I, I guess I guess that my XM appearances will end in about three weeks. <laughs> yeah, pretty. Much. Dude, last year, I, last year I think I did something around the All Star game, and that was the last time that it was on. Yeah, no, I, I'm just waiting for my uh, my radio show on uh, on Fantasy uh, Sports uh, Radio uh, to get moved. Uh, again, because that's what happened last year. We were we were on one day, and then football season came around. They're like, "Hey, we're going to move you to a different day." So yeah, I already got I already got bumped once uh, on the NFL draft day, the RotoWire show. They were like, they were doing things. They were like, "Yeah, we're not having a show today." 
So I like it. I'm expecting the XM really needs to have a XM fantasy baseball and an XM football channel. I mean, you go through the dial on XM, you see some of the crap that's on that channel, uh, on that on that uh, on the network. You could find uh, they could find some other. And when I say network, I mean the, the entire radio spectrum. I mean, find a channel, put it on. I think part of the problem is, uh, you know, how the, the sponsorship. Like, how could how could one can somebody afford to sponsor two different shows? One on, on, on each one of the channels. So I get some of the logistics, but it gets really tiring for fantasy baseball season to kick in February 1st and then be gone in July when there's still three months left of the season. Well, we won't be going anywhere, so you guys can uh, continue to uh, listen. We'll, we'll be going baseball all, all, all year round. Uh, if you have football questions, you can feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. If you have baseball questions, hit up uh, Jason at Jason Collette. So. And then I guess you can hit up at Spore for uh, MLB The Show questions. And Ozzy Albies questions. So yeah. Somebody asked me if Ozzy Albies has a restraining order against Paul. I think that's getting finalized this week. Um, and then he'll just move on to Otani, who will need to get a ex- uh, restraining order as well. Sounds about right. It does. All right. <laughs> we will talk to you, uh, I guess, in two weeks then, Jason. All right, man. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.